Pokemon and welcome another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Nacinta. NFL free agency has been about the only sports news that we've had in a while. So I'm going to break that down, really staying a lot with the Ravens. I do get to, I will get to other topics as well, I should say. I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of quarterbacks who have shifted teams. A free agent who you would have expected to have signed, yet he hasn't. And the team in the AFC East that you would have least expected to go out and spend a whole lot of money on Premier Free Agents. All coming up and much, much more on Sports with Yosef. Well, really, the only news in sports, um, except from people who have become sick with coronavirus um, and different training workouts, stuff like that, it's been NFL free agency. And it's been an exciting one, especially if you're following Baltimore Ravens fans. Generally, AFC North is actually very exciting. Um, now that I mentioned AFC North, I'll just quickly talk a bit. A bit. Bengals, big spenders, going out. Uh, not really big spenders, but they've gone out and signed a couple of big names. I'm not going to go into detail about that. I'm also not going to go into detail about the Steelers. Steelers, last time I saw, were over the salary cap. They spent a huge amount of money. Don't know how they're all going to fit that in. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Browns, not much. Ravens. What? I mean, and I could really talk probably NFL free agency for a, co- a bunch of podcasts, which, I mean, unless live sports pick up, I may need to. So keep it tuned. Um, I'm not talking about the fact of the delay. This podcast, that was a previous podcast. Danny Vietti, CBS Sports, MLB writer, came on, talked about it. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out all of the episodes of Sports with Yosef. You have so much spare time. There is no excuse in the world good enough to prevent you from listening to the past episodes of Sports with Yosef. Or check out my from checking out my blog at sportsblog.com. Username is yosefm613. I'm also on the, one of the most... Um, popular blogging sites in the world in Medium, medium.com, username yosefm613. Check out my live broadcasts on Sportscaster, where I'm taking you back through some great games um, that have happened in sports history. Make sure you check those out, mainly NFL, in fact, only NFL. Uh, but I'm also, I will be doing live breaking news there's reports there if they come up. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at YOSAFM613. I'm really trying to grow Twitter, and I need your help. Please, give me a follow at YOSAFM613. Ravens, NFL free agency. Well, before... I mean, NFL free agency. And I'm honestly, I'm not going to be able to go in order here. Too much happened, and my notes aren't that good. Ravens signed... Excuse me, the Ravens traded for Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the price was pretty cheap. Um, Calais Campbell was traded from the Jaguars for a fifth-round draft pick. This fifth-round pick was that was acquired from the Hayden Hurst um, Falcons trade. I'll talk more about that. Calais Campbell is, is, I mean, the mayor of Saxonville, huge part of that 2017 Jaguars team that went to the NFC Championship and lost to the Patriots on what was... I mean, the turning point of the game was definitely a questionable call, I want to say, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I want to say 12 minutes to go. I'm not exactly sure. It might be that or five minutes to go. I don't know. I don't know the exact time. I know. Mayor of Saxondale, huge impact on the field. I mean, three-time Pro Bowl defensive end. Um, so talented. And he's going to come and try to deal with a Ravens rush defense. That was one, historically one of the worst in fr- NFL franchise. Excuse me, in Ravens franchise histories. The Ravens' rush defense in twenty and nineteen was horrific. The Ravens added Calais Campbell. Michael Pierce is gone in free agency to the Vikings. Good to see Michael Pierce got paid. 
Now, what do those two signings do? Here's what they do. Because when Michael Pierce came in, um, when he was drafted, Brandon Williams shifted from nose tackle to defensive end, or maybe um, maybe another interior defensive line position. Regardless of what position he switched to, and I'm, I can't believe I'm blinking on it right now, he switched from a position where he was amazing at to a position where he was, eh, he was, he was good at, but he wasn't amazing. And he did that for Michael Pierce. Well, Michael Pierce is gone, and Brandon Williams is going back to the nose tackle. This is gonna, great news for Brandon Williams, and it's great news for Baltimore. The Ravens are getting someone who, is, who dominated in that position back to that position. You've got Calais Campbell coming to the edge. The Ravens, they re-signed Jihad Ward. They decide, they re-signed Ellis. Jihad Ward's not on the defensive line. Wrong list. They almost signed Michael Brockers from the Rams for what would have been like a $30 million deal. Uh, fell through because of a failed physical, which by the way, physical examinations right now are very tough to do because... There's no traveling involved, so they're, they're really, I think the three options, and I don't have it in front of me, so if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Option one, they can, I think the team can ask for a specific doctor. I think they can, the player can go to a doctor, or they can just wait and have the deal pending a physical. And the Michael Brockers deal fell through because of a failed physical. Brockers resigned with the Rams, his physical was good enough for the Rams. Ravens, though, red player, red price, obviously the price wasn't good enough. Um, for the risk. Uh, uh, Michael Brockers would have been huge if they got him. But that did not work out. But the Ravens, that defensive line is stacked. Brandon Williams, uh, Brandon Williams, you've got Calais Campbell. You've got, at the linebackers, you've got Matthew Judon. You've got Jalen Ferguson. I am, you've got Ellis as well up front. The Ravens brought back Jimmy Smith on a very team-friendly deal. Like I said, they brought back Jahan Ward. They brought back Anthony Levine Sr. They brought back Chris Moore. All team-friendly deals. Free agency. And I talked about this a little bit before free agency, a trade. The Ravens is actually in the middle of free agency. They traded tight end Hayden Hurst for a, with a fourth-round pick for a second- and fifth-round pick back from the Falcons. That fifth-round pick went to the from the Falcons, went to the Jaguars for Calais Campbell. Hayden Hurst, very explosive tight end in Baltimore. He was stellar. He was fast. He was athletic. I believe he was the only Ravens player that they documented um, where he reached 20-plus miles per hour. That was against the Bills where he had that long touchdown catch and run. Very explosive. I loved Hayden Hurst. I thought he was very, very good. Um, unfortunately for Hayden Hurst, he was stuck behind a tight end who was even better. Mark Andrews, and behind a guy who is much better than either Mark Andrews or Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle, very, and I say much better, I should clarify that statement, much better as a run blocker, as a pass blocker, as a blocker. Nick Boyle's value is as a blocker. He only has one career touchdown. Maybe he has two now. Um, he got his first this year, though. He, I mean, and that's kind of been a fluke thing. That's not to talk. Of, that's not to diminish right now. Nick Boyle's value as a pass catcher. He is good out of the backfield. And not really out of the backfield, except for the Ravens pistol wing stuff like that. But whether he's, he's not really lined up in the slot, really just lined up inside a lot. Every now and then in the backfield, though, especially um, like I said in that pistol wing formation, Jackson pistol Ingram behind him. Sometimes you have Gus Edwards come in, and then of course Hayden Hurst, or you'd have Patrick Ricard, or you'd have Nick Boyle be in that wing formation. But Hurst was wanted out. 
Hurst wanted an opportunity, and the Ravens were willing to give it to him. And with that pick, the Ravens now have five first-round picks in the first round. Five first-round picks in the first round. This is a Ravens team that was the best team in the regular season in the NFL. This is a Ravens football team that won 12 in a row in the regular season. This is a Ravens football team that ended 14-2. and They have five picks in the first round. They added Calais Campbell. They're bringing back like every starter. You really want to tell me the Ravens aren't going to Super Bowl 55? I mean, the only way that doesn't happen is if COVID-19 shuts down the season. Or if there's an injury. The Ravens are stacked. And then the Ravens made another trade. They traded Chris, Chris Wormley to the Steelers. I want to say for a fifth-round pick. I don't remember exactly. Josh Bynes, they lost him in free agency to the Bengals. They lost Seth Roberts to the Panthers. And quick correction, the Ravens have five picks in the first three rounds. But regardless, James Hurst is a free agent. They lost Brandon Carter to free agency. They lost Tony Jefferson to free agency. I've got news for you. Tony Jefferson didn't play a lot. Jimmy, excuse me, Brandon Carter didn't play a lot. James Hurst, um, I mean, one of the, one of his crowning moments in Baltimore was knocking into Joe Flacco and tearing Flacco's ACL. The Ravens do need to find a little bit more depth um, at the at offensive line, and because of the Raven of the NFL's new uh, collective bargaining bargaining agreement, which I, now that I think about it, I've never actually talked about on this podcast, um, and. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't think I can talk about it now. Maybe I can see how long this episode is. My guess is it's going to be pretty long without the collective bargaining agreement. The collective bargaining agreement is upping the amount of active players from 46 to 48. I believe it's also on game day, I should say. And I believe it's also upping in rosters from 53 to 55. Now Now I'm curious. Have I ever talked about... I don't think I've ever talked about the new playoff rules on here. I'm going to talk about the collective bargaining agreement. Whether or not I can record it in this session is another question, but I'm definitely going to try to talk about this. A lot of stuff happened in the collective bargaining agreement, which was ratified by the owners. But this is a Ravens team right now that is stacked beyond stacked. Um, And this is also, I mean, maybe you say, yeah, maybe they need another wide receiver. Let's just look at their wide receivers. Miles Boykin, who, if you expect him to take the next step up, he had a pretty good, he flashed, I mean, he flashed, but he also slipped into the shadow. So that's something that needs to be worked on. You got Marquise Hollywood Brown. He is lightning fast. Willie Sneed, veteran slot receiver. He knows how to, he knows his trade. He knows how to apply it, um, apply the field. He knows how to read coverages. He is great at his job. I mean, I love the fact that the Ravens have a slot receiver, something that they've, they've lacked for a while. And then until Sneed came in and filled that void. This is also an incredibly deep, draft class and there i mean there are rumors going every which way about the ravens trading some of their draft picks whether they would trade four or whether they would trade i mean trade forward trade backwards they could trade anywhere they've got five picks in the first round obviously right player right position right price that is the ravens motto and that is going to be the ravens approach on draft day april 23rd through 25th which by the way due to covid 19 will be taking place at people's homes on a Zoom call, and actually John Harbaugh voiced some concern about that, worrying about some security because Zoom has been hacked. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but it will, the NFL put out a memo, I say today, today, April 6th, that it is going to be from people's homes, not at facilities. Facilities are going to be closed, it's done at people's homes, and it'll be done over Zoom. And like I said, Harbaugh, immediately express concerns with the security of this new draft and one thing i saw which was it will be interesting to see how it works out uh, apparently um 
EA, what's that? Electronic Arts, I think. I don't know. I don't. You don't need the full name. Whatever. You. I should know. It's EA Sports to the game. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Gotta love Madden. Um. Put. They're gonna be doing some draft ceremony. Um. And maybe simulating what it would have looked like in a better scenario. The Ravens are gonna need to work on their offensive line. I. I don't think I'm gonna ever have time to go through all of the a draft. A pre-draft thing. I do have a board. I just don't think I'm going to be able to have time to go through this. Um, I I'm hoping I'm going to be able to. I'm going to do my best to do a post-draft episode, um, possibly even with a guest. So I've not actually reached out to anyone. So never know. But that is definitely my hope. But I don't think I'm going to be able to get too much into the draft, if at all. But it's a definitely very deep wide receiver class. I think the Ravens will go for another offensive lineman. I think that there will be a bunch of in- trades, especially by the Ravens, who, well, they traded to get their franchise quarterback a couple of years ago. And you'll definitely and they traded to get Hayden Hurst. And just for a second, another trade the Ravens made. This is I'm going to take you back here to the bright, warm, sunny days of last summer. The Ravens had a backup kicker. His name was Kareem Vedvik. Uh, sound familiar? I mean, he had been on the team in 2018. In, in training camp 2018, got mugged, and the Ravens were able to retain him. And then they were able to deal with... Then they were able to do it again. And then in 2019, during training camp, they traded him to the Minnesota Vikings for a fifth-round pick. Now, that fifth-round pick did not go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's just make that very clear right now. The, the pick from the Hayden Hurst trade, one of the picks from the Hayden Hurst trade from from the Falcons went to the Jaguars. But, essentially, not exactly, essentially, the Ravens traded a backup kicker for Calais Campbell. And by the way, the Ravens have restructured a contract with Calais Campbell. Um, I believe they'll take him through 2022. I don't have that with me right now, and I don't know it offhand, and I apologize for that. But the Ravens traded a backup kicker for an NFL great. A guy who was named to the NFL All-Decade team. You gotta be kidding me. I kid you not, though. By the way, the Ravens had a couple of players on that NFL All-Decade team. And I know I'm going on a whole bunch of tangents right now. Marshall Yonda was unanimous. Justin Tucker was unanimous. Also, there was Earl Thomas and Eric Weddle. Neither unanimous. Definitely a couple of controversial things in there. Interesting that Terrell Suggs didn't make it. In fact, astonishing that Terrell Suggs didn't make it. In fact, I think Terrell Suggs should have been in instead of Chandler Jones. That's another story. Um, and for all the people, by the way, who are saying, oh, this NFL all-decade team proves stuff. No, it doesn't. It's just some opinion. It's just some way. Aaron Rodgers made it for the NFC instead of Drew Brees. Fine, have Aaron Rodgers make it instead of Drew Brees. But... Uh, you're not going to actually tell me that Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees because uh, he's not. Maybe more electric, but statistically, Aaron uh, Drew Brees is the best quarterback in NFL history. Statistically. I mean, the winningest is Tom Brady. Tom Brady made it um, made his second all-decade team for the AFC. But Tom Brady isn't a Patriot anymore. What? If you've not heard about this, Thank you for to, for to having this media platform be 
your source information, although I apologize for the lateness of it, but I'm not yet ready to talk about Tom Brady. I want to talk AFC East, and you know what? Tom Brady is in the AFC East, but I want to talk Dolphins first. Dolphins, a whole bunch of stuff they did. They signed a whole bunch of players. Byron Jones, five years, $82.5 million. Kyle Van Noy, four years, $51 million. Shaq Lawson, three years, $30 million. Eric Flowers, three years, $30 million. Emmanuel Agba, two years, $15 million. Am I missing anyone else here? Also, the, I mean, the Dolphins have the picks f- 5th, 18th, 26th, 39th, and 56th in the first two rounds of the 2020 draft. The Dolphins are going to be stacked. Except for the fact they don't have a franchise quarterback. We'll see if they, they try to ma- make a trade up to get someone they love. Or if they do some stuff. There are some quarterbacks who are still free agents out there. It'll be interesting to see how that works. They do have Josh Rosen, who they traded from the, the Cardinals last year when the Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray. But the Dolphins are making a whole bunch of moves because, like I said, Tom Brady's no longer in the AFC East. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a $50 million two-year deal. Um, the, his, he had a couple of other contenders, but he ended up going to Tampa Bay. I will talk about NFL quarterback moves. There have been so many quarterbacks who have moved moved in NFL free agency, and I will get into that, I promise. I want to just stick a little bit in the AFC East right now. Bills, they get, they signed Stephon Diggs, they signed Josh Norman, they signed AJ Klein, they signed Mario Addison. The Bills, they're making themselves look, look right now. I mean, even without having done this, I would have still said they're, they're going to be the team who make it to the playoff, who, let me rephrase that, who win the AFC East, who won first place in the AFC East. But, I mean, the moves they made, Stephon Diggs there, Stephon Diggs, who will be a better version of John Brown down the field for Josh Allen, that's going to be a really good Bills team, and the Bills team that, like the Ravens, very young team. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. I mean, Devin Singletary flashed last year. and I mean, the, the Bills could be really, really good this year. And the AFC it could be, I mean, I think the AFC just in general could be really good this year. I think you've got the Chiefs, you've got the Bills, you've got the Ravens, um, the, the Texans, if they can ever get that act together. Oh my gosh, I didn't even write down talk about the Texans. I, I, I wasn't even planning on talking about the Texans. Today, when I was like um, getting my notes together from like the last two weeks, which I've been taking, taking, I should say, and I was like, okay, do I talk about this today? I was like, no, I don't want to talk about this. And then, of course, I go and mention it. I will do my best to talk a little bit about this. And another interesting thing in the AFC East, the Jets have been signing a bunch of former Ravens. Uh, Brashad Perryman signed there. I mean, this can go on and on. Um, as a, as like I said, I've only given you one example, but trust me, this can go on and on. Alex Lewis, another example. There are a bunch of examples which I did not write down. Um, interesting, though, that you see that. A couple of head coaching decisions, which I've not talked about, probably should have on previous episodes. Uh, Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Cowboys, and I think that's actually really good for Dak Prescott. I, I wasn't a huge fan of, I'm uh, not a huge fan of uh, either of the Texans' head coaches, uh, the Texas football team's head coaches, the NFL, Bill O'Brien. Talk about Bill O'Brien later, as well as Jason Garrett didn't think Garrett brought out the best in Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was a little bit overrated. Um, I will talk about Prescott. No, I won't. I don't have him down on my list here. I believe Prescott was franchise tagged. But here's the thing. NFL free agency, NFL life, NFL franchises, it, it survives all about one thing. Oops, I forgot to talk about one other thing before I get to quarterbacks. 
The Ravens also signed Derek Wolf after they weren't able to get Michael Brockers. He's played eight seasons in 113 games, 320 tackles, 220 solo. 35 and a half sacks, 84 quarterback hits, one interception, one forced fumble, one Super Bowl win. And take a look at the quarterbacks he's sacked. This is just interesting that he's done done the, this. Um, that I don't know, someone compiled this and I saw this. Philip Rivers, five and a half sacks. Brady, three sacks. Roethlisberger, two and a half sacks. Once the two and a half sacks. Bissett, two sacks. I'm not going to go through his 54 sack list. No, 35 and a half sack list. Where's 54 from? I don't know. But yeah, that's another piece that's really going to add to that defensive line. And Derek Wolf said recently that he thinks that this Ravens defense can be a historic great and maybe be all-time low in yards per carry. Only, I want to say, four or five teams have ever been under four yards per carry. One of them, the number one team, the 2000 Ravens, one of the historically great NFL defenses. And... Derek Wolf, big proclamation. We'll see how it works out. Now, let's get to the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks' entire franchises run around them, and man, have they had an eventful offseason. A team that went to the AFC Championship, the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill, they, they signed him to a $118 million four-year deal. Then they also franchise-tagged Derek Henry for $6 million. And just to go on a quick tangent here, I've done tangents the entire podcast. Why not do another one? Derek Henry? Derrick Henry was a life force of the Titans. He was a Titans offense. I don't think Tannehill should get paid that much. I think probably from a PR perspective, you have to bring Tannehill back for that month. You have to bring Tannehill back. Maybe not for that much. But Derrick Henry getting a six-year million, six million deal. Running backs in the NFL are cheap because there's so many of them coming up from college level who can make an impact, and then they burn out so fast. Le'Veon Bell wasn't great last year. I mean, running backs just burn out so fast. Um, I think definitely apparent from... I mean, the guy who's the life force of the Titans offense with Derrick Henry, he gets $6 million. Tannehill, he came in for a couple of games, about half a season. He gets 118 And how many times did Tannehill throw the ball in the playoffs, guys? Can I, can I count on one hand? I don't think so. But it wasn't like Tannehill was, a, was that great. Um, Nick Foles. And Gardner Minshew, that was always an interesting QB saga. Um, I mean, Foles got hurt after he had an electric start. And then Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania. And the Jaguars are sticking with Minshew. They traded Nick Foles to the Bears for a fourth-round draft pick. Phillip Rivers signed a $25 million on a one-year deal with the Colts. Kyle Allen was traded to the Redskins for a fifth-round draft pick. Teddy Bridgewater was... Traded, uh, excuse me, signed a three-year, $63 million deal with the Panthers. Great fit there from Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater is going to fit right in with the Panthers just because of the way, I mean, same style as Cam Newton. And Cam Newton is an NFL free agent. He's being checked out by the Chargers, Broncos. He's also been rumored with the New England Patriots. A lot of QB moves. Also, P.J. Walker, the XFO quarterback for the Houston Roughnecks, signed with the, with the Panthers. Um... Yeah, a bunch of been interesting free agent movement um, movements. Interesting guy who's still a free agent. Jadavian Clowney, still a free agent. Definitely surprising. Um, I mean, people were saying the market would be bigger than it was for him, and I was actually just talking to a Seahawks fan. Jadavian Clowney, and I said this, he didn't, so my analysis, not his. But 
Javion Clown is one of the most underrated players statistically. He doesn't put up the statistics, but he makes such a big impact. It's not about the statistics, friend. It's about the impact he makes on the field on every play. His impact is what sets up the Seahawks' success. I mean, notably, he had that he was really key in the Seahawks win against the 49ers last year. Not the Week 17. That was a loss. Sorry, Seattle fans. It still is a loss. Definitely a heartbreaking loss there. Uh, and I'm not going to be talking about the lack of coaching and the lack of, like, brains by the Seahawks on that final drive. I'm not talking about that, but interesting Clowney still free agent. I mean, I think he was looking for 20-plus million initially. Looks like the market's down to about $17 million. He will sign. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I teased it. I didn't want to talk about it, but once I teased it, I realized I have to talk about it. And it started with Jadavian Clowney and the Texans' ineptitude. The Texans, they spent a number one overall draft pick on Jadavian Clowney, and from my point of view right now, it was a decent draft pick. Clowney has been a monster in the league, um, terrorizing the lines and working with J.J. Watt. That was a really formidable Texans front. Last year, he was in a contract year. Clowney was in a contract year. And he was traded to the Seahawks. Well, why do you think someone like that? An absolute big-name player. What's he going to be traded for? Let's see. A third-round draft pick, Mingo, and, and then two players. And then the Texans also sent a fourth-round draft pick to the Seahawks. And those two players the Seahawks sent, one was a rotational piece on the defensive line, and one was someone who was going to be cut anyway. The Texans got fleeced. And then this offseason. And this, um, some new research turned out when I was just finalizing, um, making sure I knew exactly what was in the deal. The Texans traded star wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, to the Arizona Cardinals for, uh, what was it again? It was, anyone, a first rounder? No. Second rounder? Yeah, second rounder. And a fourth round pick in 2021. And the Cardinals get a fourth-round pick this year back. So essentially, you're swapping fourth-rounders, and you're trading DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round draft pick. Along with David Johnson. I'll just say this again. You're trading one of the best wide receivers in the league for a second round draft pick and a washed out running back now about after mul three weeks after multiple sources confirmed the deal including Texans coach Bill O'Brien who said yeah this is a good trade for us well, the last time Johnson was great not worth it for the Texans at all but Bill O'Brien went out and said yeah this is a good deal for us and I just saw that the deal is still pending in physical about three weeks after it was announced because of COVID-19 physicals are a lot tougher to assess right now. So it's not official official, but it's most likely official. This is a trade that could ruin the Texans organization. It's a trade that could take them out of playoff contention for 2020 and the foreseeable future. And it's a trade which just goes to show you 
how bad this Texans organization is, either in the front office or coaching, whoever made this trade. My guess is it's Bill O'Brien who was behind this trade. And there are a couple of options you would trade it. You would make this trade if you're Bill O'Brien. Number one, you can't stand DeAndre Hopkins. So you get him out of there. If you can't stand a star receiver in the league, I think we all saw what happened to the Steelers once they lost Antonio Brown. And another trade. Virtually nothing. Although Antonio Brown had a lot of baggage that DeAndre Hopkins has never really had. And that means it's a personal issue. Alternatively, alternatively, you actually think this trade of David Johnson swapping fourth rounders and getting a second round draft pick is worth it. And do you think that? Then you don't deserve to be an NFL head coach. You don't deserve to be part of the you don't deserve to be part of an NFL team. You don't make it to the NFL without being talented, without being good. You don't make it to the NFL front office without ha- being smart and stuff like that. This trade makes no sense. Stephon Diggs was traded for a first-round draft pick. Stephon Diggs. Nobody thinks Stephon Diggs is better than DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best receiver in the league. And that is what's wrong with the Texans right now. They've got to get rid of Bill O'Brien. I'm not a huge fun f- fan of his coaching style, his in-game decisions. Uh, notably against the Bills, I did not think he what, used, the clock, used the clock well. I don't, think, I don't think he did anything great against the Bills. And when you look at that game, the Texans won in the end because Deshaun Watson stayed on his feet because he was hit at, from, from two sides at once. I mean, that's all. He was going to the ground, and a Bills player hit him back up to his feet. Unfortunate, but that was the reason that the Texans went on to win that game in the end. I'm not a huge fan of Bill O'Brien. I think he needs to leave the Texans. I think he needs to, I don't think there's a place for him in the NFL right now. The success the Texans organization has had on the field recently, it's not because of Bill O'Brien. And I don't think we'll see too much success without DeAndre Hopkins for this Texans team. Oh, yeah, they got David Johnson. Let's see, when was David Johnson's last big year? It was a while ago. That's... And I talked earlier about the value of running backs. You really want to tell me you want, you're, you're trading for an old veteran running back? For the best receiver in the league? There is no way that deal was worth it. And yet that's what happened. But the Texans still have a shot at making the playoffs because of the new collective bargaining agreement. And I'm only going to talk about the playoff format. The rest is just a lot of minute details, which don't really have an effect right now, except for possibly a 17-game regular season. Not going to be going into effect this year, so we're not, it might not even be going into effect at all. We'll see how that works. And I'll talk about that another time. So the new collective bargaining agreement has a new playoff format where seven teams make the playoffs in each, in both AFC and in the NFC. In the AFC, seven, and in both leagues, I should say, the number one team has the bye. The number two plays the number seven on wildcard weekend, three plays six, four plays five. This allows teams like mediocre teams into the playoffs. In NFL, a league which is built for parity. I mean, the Rams would have made it, an 8-8 Rams team, and a 9-7 Steelers team would have made it if the rule was in place for the 2019 season. 
It's letting bad teams into the playoffs. And it's increasing that the value of a first-round buy. The last team, I believe, to make the Super Bowl without a first-round buy was the Baltimore Ravens in 2012. And with this new playoff format, you'll be seeing a lot more drama in the last couple weeks of the season. Teams are fighting for that first-round buy. You're going to play your starters in Week 17 if you think you can win and get that buy, because it's worth it. Buys are critical. And yet, there's something to be said about having the momentum of going straight forward of week to week. It'll be interesting to see if a 2 or 3 seed will be able to pull off and make it to the Super Bowl. Or even maybe a 7th seed. I think this is really a move by the NFL, which by adding another seed to the playoffs, I mean, all it does, it's going to increase the revenue from the last couple of weeks of the season because the amount of drama that's going to have for a team that's going to be a, a seventh, the 7th seed, so many teams can make it a third wildcard team. I mean, th- this could put an option of a team like, dare I say, the Cincinnati Bengals, who with, they made a bunch of offseason moves. And with if they draft Jeff, Jeff, uh, Burrow, excuse me, Joe Burrow, or maybe the Dolphins, if they can get their act together and win eight games, that could be enough for the playoffs. That's the reality of this. It used to be you need ten wins to make the playoffs. Now, nine, eight, if you're really lucky, seven. It used to be nine if you were lucky. Now, you'll be, now it's just, yeah, and we need to win eight games. We need to win seven games going into like week 16 and we're in contention. That's just ridiculous. Nobody wants mediocre football in the playoffs. Nobody wants to see a Chiefs team run over a Steelers team who's on their third string quarterback in the playoffs. Nobody. And yet, that is the situation of which we're in. Whether it'll be a. And so it'll be interesting to see how much teams are going to push to get that bye. Because that bye could be the make it or break it in the playoffs. That bye is the difference between being rested, being tired, and the bye has become one of the most precious commodities in the NFL playoffs. Being the two seed used to be not so bad. You're at home until the AFC or NFC championship. You'll take that. Now, the two seed, you've got to play three games just to, in the playoffs just to get to the Super Bowl like every other team below you. And it will be interesting to see if teams will be willing to lose a Week 17 game to be able to say, you know what, I, w- I won't want to play the 17. I want I want to play the 16 instead. So I'll, we'll lose this game to set ourselves up better and give us an easier wildcard weekend. Also, I believe that one of the games will be streamed on Nickelodeon. That's going to be fun to watch to see how that, how that one goes around. I believe CBS will be streaming it on Nickelodeon. All right, thank you for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. Stay home, stay safe. I'll see you next time.